You're listening to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington podcast. Take a moment to center yourself in this space and enjoy this week's sermon. Today's reading is from Ada Limon, the U.S. Poet Laureate. It's entitled The Conditional. Say tomorrow doesn't come. Say the moon becomes an icy pit. Say the sweet gum tree is petrified. Say the sun's a foul black tire fire. Say the owl's eyes are pinpricks. Say the raccoon's a hot tar stain. Say the shirt's plastic ditch litter. Say the kitchen's a cow corpse. Say we never get to see it. Bright future, stuck like a bum star, never coming close, never dazzling. Say we never meet her, never him. Say we spend our last moments staring at each other, hands knotted together, clutching the dog, watching the sky burn. Say it doesn't matter. Say, that would be enough. Say, you'd still want this, us alive, right here, feeling lucky. That was the conditional from Ada Limon. Hmm. That story was something. Who wanted a different ending? (laughs) Who had an idea that you didn't get to share? Hmm, Some nodding, yeah, but it was good enough. (laughs) Who here believes that they are good enough? Yeah, right, yeah, we got some work to do. Me too. Who believes this community is good enough? Still some more work to do. It's something I say a lot as a minister, you are enough. I mean that in the singular and the plural. You individually are enough. You as a church are enough. I say it knowing you are working on believing it. I say it knowing as a community that we're working on believing it. I also say it knowing that I am working on believing it for myself and for others. Sometimes it's hard to see someone else as enough when you hardly believe it for yourself. Now, that's not to erase our faults. There are some serious things we face in our lives that need to change or we need to confront or manage. But a feeling of enough is more of a way of shaping our mindset. If we struggle with so many things, it could be addiction or other health issues or anger or this or that or perfectionism, knowing we have enough or that we are enough or that enough is available to us, that can be one small part on the path to well-being. And I think that takes a great deal of faith. Now, I like to frame this through the lens of faith, big surprise. In a Unitarian Universalist congregation, we might immediately wonder, what is faith? Who's wondering what faith is? Who has a definition or has no idea? 
The epistle to the Hebrews in the Christian scriptures defines faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. I'm not quite sure that entirely works for us. The Baha'i faith says that faith begins with conscious knowledge, probably of God, and then practice of good deeds. Not bad. Hinduism often centers on bhakti, which in Sanskrit means fondness to something, or that which belongs to or is contained in anything else. That's an interesting take. In Islam, it's iman, or complete submission to God. Judaism affirms imuna, which is trust. Sikhism doesn't have a definition of faith, but instead has practices that help bring about a feeling of it. And then there's secular understandings, often railing around reason, ethics, and free will. In my own religious life, one where Unitarian Universalism intersects with Mahayana Buddhism, I'm reminded of the concept of Shraddha, which you don't have to remember. For lack of a better definition, it often means commitment to live out teachings or precepts. Now, maybe that works well with Unitarian Universalism. We commit to living out as best as we can our own precepts, our values, our principles that we hold. I would like to think that all the other definitions mentioned today are neither good nor bad. They have some part to play for us. But I like that. It's simple, incomplete, but a good place to start. Maybe our faith, as you use, is in living out our values for the benefit of our communities and beyond. Now, in church speak, we might phrase that as seeking the beloved community, building the beloved community. Your own definitions may vary, and that's perfectly good. As a side note, ever since I have immersed myself in Buddhism while being a UU minister, I've noticed my life and faith changing in a positive way. The benefits of that is another sermon for another time. But I've also been thinking about how the two traditions intersect and how they complement one another. And for today, being good enough and thinking about faith, I'm finding a great deal to reflect on. The late Vajrayana Buddhist master, that's Tibetan Buddhism, Dilyo Kyense Rinpoche, in his spiritual classic, The Excellent Path to Enlightenment, talks about four stages of faith. Now, Kyense Rinpoche was a proponent of what's called the Rimei movement in Tibetan Buddhism, which just means unbiased. It's essentially Tibetan Buddhist universalism, a call for unity, at least in the beginning, among Tibetan Buddhists. The others, maybe later. <laughs> I feel it's an important thing just to lift up, because sometimes in the West we talk about Buddhism as if it's some other exotic, singular entity. But it is, as so many other traditions, a varied, vast, and wide religious expression with as many divisions and disagreements and fights and agreements as Christianity. Anyway, he talks about four stages of faith. And for him, these stages relate to the Dharma. But in reading them, I feel like there's a lot for us to glean in our own stages of faith as Unitarian Universalists. Now, the first stage is what he calls clear faith. Oh, I wish he used a different word, because that word clear is a loaded word in our culture. People tout clarity as some ultimate state. I'm clear and you're not. Here it simply means the joy of finding a path that changes or benefits your perceptions. 
A very real expression of this is how many of you first talk about finding this place or Unitarian Universalism in general. Aha, many of you say, a faith of reason, a faith of many paths, a faith that is ethically based, a faith that is kind of weird like me, a faith where I have worth and dignity, and so on and so forth. All good things, all true, all things you've shared with me. Clear faith, the joy of discovery. Second, longing faith, or desire to know more. You found a path that brings you joy, you're on the journey, you're enjoying the scenery, but now you want to inwardly digest the history, the quirks, the flaws, the culture, the attitudes, the mannerisms, the practices, and so on and so forth. The journey of discovery continues, but now it becomes more intimate. It's knowing the story of this place, its trials and tribulations, many successes, moments of joy, all of the good and right, and yes, the heartbreaking, weird, challenging times, and loving it for what it is. Because you're a part of it. You're no longer separate from it. You're not just enjoying the scenery. That is longing faith. Third, confident faith. Another loaded word in our culture. <laughs> when I think of confident faith, I immediately think of people who get all in your face about their faith tradition and want you to change for them. But here, Kense Rinpoche means confident faith as a faith you practice. So we could call that practicing faith instead. A practice that becomes natural. Now it makes me wonder, what does a Unitarian Universalist practicing their faith look like? Lighting a chalice? Great. That could be part of it. Putting our values into action? Sure, justice is a part of that practice. Debating at a congregational meeting? Yeah, sure. Yelling at someone or berating yourself for not living up to our values? Absolutely not. I've heard stories from many of you about how your, our values become like a daily meditation or even a mantra for you. You find yourself in a challenging situation and suddenly our principles or our sources or our history or even just the fellowship that you found here guides you on your way. Practicing faith. Fourth, irreversible faith. It sounds a little permanent coming from a Tibetan Buddhist master there. <laughs> Everything is emptiness. Uh, but what is meant here is the surrendering of the ego. Not in service to any minister or authority or teacher or teachings, but in service to the growth and flourishing of all, which includes you. When we talk about surrendering the ego, it's not about the negation of the individual. It's interrupting the culture of me, the culture of now, the culture of instant gratification. Maybe this is the hardest one for people in our culture. I know I struggle with that. And in a church like ours, we struggle too. But the way I see it expressed is in collaboration, meaningful collaboration, as slow as that might be, giving up our own preferences for the common good. Consensus when sometimes all we want is to be right and for people to know it. And realizing that our small expression of democracy in our congregation should always be about the health of the entire community. It's about giving yourself over to something bigger 
than yourself alone. That's irreversible faith. I feel like these four stages of faith, clear, longing, practicing, irreversible, are all well and good. I also wonder if so much of our current time has us stuck in the first stage. Clear faith. Oh, I found it. Until you're asked to make peace with something you don't like. Or something that isn't perfect or moving at the pace you like or meeting all of your demands. Then one who says that just moves on to the next. Aha, I found it. And so on and so forth. I feel so many folks, and I'm guilty of this, don't allow themselves the opportunity to go deep. And that's the point of these stages of faith. Go deep. There's plenty of religious paths where I would tell you to jump ship and move on if it's harming you or alienating you. But we're not here to dig into all of that today. But I also think we can agree there's ands, ifs, and buts to these four stages. They're not absolute. They're not perfect. But to go deep, to really be on the journey, means confronting things we don't like. Now, I've been a Unitarian Universalist since my formative years, and there's plenty I've confronted I don't like. One quick example is I find it really unusual that our national body, the UUA, invests tirelessly in justice, which is good in and of itself but only has one part-time staff member that, member that handles worship resources for our entire association of congregations. As a minister, I don't like that. Because so many of our congregations struggle on Sunday morning. But I will always be a Unitarian Universalist. My journey of faith is so deeply ingrained. And I don't say that as someone above or beyond you. That's just where I am. Maybe you're there too. Maybe you want to be. Maybe you're not sure yet. Awareness is everything. But there's a fifth stage of faith that Kinsey Rinpoche left out of his list. But you can see it all over the rest of his writings. It's a stage of faith that drives home the point about imperfections, dissatisfaction, and setting aside our need to fix or force or control. Suisse Goddard, who's a Zen Roshi based in Mexico, calls it good enough faith. Good enough faith is what keeps the gears turning on all those other stages. Because the goal is never perfection, it should always be good enough. Good enough faith gives us permission to give ourselves a break. It allows us to make peace with the things we don't like. That church committee that spends all day talking and never deciding good enough, maybe that's what the people needed. Red carpet in the sanctuary. <laughs> some people love it. Some people hate it. How many have never noticed? <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> Red carpet hasn't hurt anyone in my knowledge. But if it takes a long time to change, good enough. If it changes overnight, good enough. Good enough faith cares more about human connection about joining with others on our respective journeys, going deep together in community. Good enough faith pays little mind to urgency because so few things in a church are truly emergencies. And most importantly, good enough faith realizes the journey is never complete, that that destination is not all that interesting that we have in our minds. An ending is the saddest part of the story when it comes to faith. Good enough faith is all about reigniting a creative spirit in our religious, spiritual, and philosophical journeys. Now, there's a great koan in the Zen tradition that goes like this. 
A student says to the teacher, teacher, I am reaching for the light. Please help me. And the teacher says, forget the light. Show me the reaching. The danger of listing out stages of faith or a spiritual path or any system of salvation or growth and so on is that we human beings like to get to an end goal. And some end goals are necessary, right? There's practical things. But in the spiritual life, an end goal is a dangerous thing. In my experience, getting to the light, as we heard in that quick little story, or reaching an end or discovering definite salvation leads to spiritual complacency, a lack of curiosity, a dulling of the creative spirit. And perhaps that is the greatest tragedy of any fundamentalism of the heart or mind. A good enough faith and a good enough church is where I want to be because it's never about the light, about the end goal. It's about the journey, about the reaching. And it's right there in that reaching that creativity as a community flourishes. It's Adam's finger never touching God's finger in Michelangelo's creation of Adam. Forget the end goal, give me the reaching. The space between fingers, the space between destinations, the journey is where we go deep. It's where we let go of the stories we tell ourselves about who we are and what we're not good at. I've done it countless times, right? No, I can't draw. I'm not good at that. I can't make music. I'm not good at that. I can't do this. I'm no good at that. That's a mindset that has an end goal in mind. We think of singing and we immediately say to ourselves, well, I can't be Pavarotti or Cher or Adele. Well, true, you can't. Just be you and let you be good enough. We do that in church too. Well, we're not good enough because we're not like the mega church. We're not flashy enough. Oh, we can't possibly do such and such. Maybe we can't. But we can be ourselves. We can be the community we are and that's good enough. Creativity comes out of letting go of expectations and unhealthy ego. Where this place has thrived is when it lets itself be itself. It's when we say we're good enough. Yes, we are good enough. And in life itself, yeah, of course, there's goals, there's endpoints, there's things we have to check off lists that are necessary, right? We can't just move throughout life going, it's all about the journey, man. But how you move through the world, how you greet each moment, how you view those checklists can have an attitude of good enough. I can't help but imagine the ways in which our current divisions would lessen if we've had good enough faith or good enough politics or good enough culture. Imagine the suffering that would be alleviated if we were about the journey instead of some end goal. And politics is like, how do I get enough votes no matter what, right? An end goal that stops our growth and is never within reach. And without devolving into a conversation about the politics of now, I do feel much of what we are immersed in lacks creativity. What we're facing is about preserving identities, egos, and partisanship. And if you think you use are exempt from this, no. We are not. We are all swimming in the muck. A good enough faith and a good enough church would say, great, the muck is not a bad thing, let's get dirty. Let's mold the muck into something beautiful, make mud pies, sculpt something, tear it all down and build it up again. It's in there, 
that those stages of faith mentioned earlier, they become creative. Piety vanishes and real freedom emerges to go deep, to be joyful, to open up, to pull back the finger from uniting with the divine because life is good enough right now and right here. One of my continued hopes, and it's a hope I've seen flourish many times here for this congregation is to let go. Lean into that creative spirit. Stop trying to reach the end of the story and instead end with, a, with an ellipsis or a comma or even a semicolon if you're a fan of the semicolon, right? When this place is on fire is when it's doing that. When you individually and together come alive is when you don't know how the story will end, but you become part of the journey or several journeys. And you do it without a need for all of your own checklists to be satisfied. Now, being a minister is a very humbling thing. I came into this work with a lot of ideas about how things should be. Oh, that's every seminarian on the planet, by the way. But where I've come alive and where I've had the most joy and wonder in this work is in letting go of those ideas for how things should be and instead dwell in the now. Is it perfect? No. How wonderful. Is it everything I personally want? No, even more wonderful. Is it hard, sometimes disappointing, full of grace, completely unexpected, confusing, befuddling, uncertain, with moments of harmony and creative and sorrowful and joyful and all the in-between in the muck? Yes. Get your hands dirty in the muck. Create something beautiful. Throw away any need for perfection. No such thing is possible. That only leads to more suffering and dissatisfaction. It's in that place, that place of reaching, journeying, where those stages of faith we talked about become less of a linear thing and more like fireworks going off in your heart and mind. Bursts of possibility. Bursts that let you say yes to those possibilities. Unpredictable moments that allow you to be you and invite you into the imperfect wonder of community. We're talking about doing the best we can with what we have and finding joy in that. About realizing we have everything we need. There is abundance and our faith, our church is good enough. Build on to that good. And that's the pl best place we can be in community, in our lives, good enough. So how will your story of faith continue? How will our story continue? What comes after the comma, the pause? What's the next chapter? What a great question. And what a great place to be. Blessed be. Amen. hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.ucl.org, where you can find more information about our grounds, staff, and upcoming events. You can also subscribe to our e-news there and learn about our virtual service offerings. We'll see you next week.